And if you guys were here with us last week, we started a uh, more difficult series uh, through the book of Jeremiah. And I'm excited about this one. I'm eager, but there's a lot of hard truths that come out of this. So if you came last week, we started out actually in chapter 36, which is almost right in the middle. And we talked a little bit about the formation of the book and the point of the book and why this book exists. And if you guys remember, the reason this book exists is because in the midst of judgment, God provides hope to those who seek him out. So this is a book about judgment, but it's also a book about hope. And I think we're going to see a lot of those truths in here. And uh, if you were also, if you were here this last week, I mentioned that Johnny Fielding was going to be here teaching this. Uh, a few days before uh, today, Johnny got sick. So here I am. Uh, and I, so you guys have to suffer through me again, you know. Uh, but uh, all that being said, I love the fact that I get to teach through this because this is one of my favorite parts of Jeremiah. Um, being able to kind of see how it starts. So we're going to be looking at Jeremiah chapter 1. Uh, there's some note sheets in front of you with a QR code. So if you want to follow along, you could scan that. It'll take you to a website with the passage. Before we jump in, though, recently I've been on a big Spider-Man kick. Is anybody like huge Spider-Man fan in here? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sydney got me an awesome birthday gift where uh, we got to go watch Into the Spider-Verse downtown with like a live band. So like the band played as the soundtrack and some of you guys are like, why would you want to sit there for two hours and do that? And my movie nerd in me was like, this is the best night ever. So uh, Sydney really, uh, she, she killed it with that one. And uh, I, as I was watching the movie, there's this one scene in the movie that always gets me. Uh, it always like makes me tear up a little bit and the way to set it up is up to this point, Miles Morales, this new Spider-Man of this universe, is kind of go, he's starting to learn what it looks like to have this responsibility. And all of a sudden, people around him are telling him, you can't meet this potential. You can't do what you're supposed to do. The purpose that you have is not something that you can actually live up to. Everybody's telling him this, and at this point, he's pretty down on himself. But that being said, I want you guys to watch this clip. All right, hope nobody's crying right now. I want to get a strong start to this message, right? Uh, he's down on his luck. He's feeling this. And all of a sudden, his dad shows up and says, hey, like, I see something in you. I know you. there's a reason that you're here. You have a purpose. And so today, what we're going to be talking about is purpose. Jeremiah had a purpose. There was a reason for him doing what he was supposed to do. And I think a lot of times when I talk about the Bible, when people are reading the Bible, I encourage people, don't read this and think I'm like the main character of this story. Because more often than not, we are more like the people that need to grow in the story. But in this instance, we, Jeremiah is both of those. He's both the main character in this moment and he's the person that needs to grow. And I think that we can learn from that. So what we're going to look at today in Jeremiah 1 is what his start of his ministry looked like. We're going to see a little bit about what God has brought him forward to do. And so the first thing that, I, that we see here is that this story starts with purpose. We have to understand that purpose is, not, is something that is designed in us from the beginning. Purpose isn't something that's just, that is developed or it's, it's something that is set though. And when we look at the beginning of chapter one here, we're going to see what that purpose looked like for Jeremiah. So if you follow along, starting in verse 1, 
says, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, and until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to me, that would be Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrate you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So there's a lot of reasons, there's a lot of times when we read this and this kind of passage is used for a bunch of different understandings or conversations or arguments. And a lot of times we kind of look at this as a part of the anti-abortion debate. And while that's not specifically what God is talking about here, there is an understanding of what it looks like to see the sanctity of life, to see there's value in the life that God has given us. There's purpose in the life that God has given us. And he's talking specifically to Jeremiah that he is appointing him and saying there is a reason that you are here. There's a reason that you've been given life. There's a reason that you have this opportunity before the nations. And that is true of us too. That is true of where we are at. That God is going to do integral things in Jeremiah for the sake of his people. He's going to do amazing things for the sake of the gospel. He was, he was put together in his mother's womb for a reason. That this is not something that like, oh, like Jeremiah's walk around, all of a sudden his purpose just pops up. No, he's, God has had this intended for all of time. He has known Jeremiah before he even walked the earth. He's known you before you walked the earth. He's, he had a reason for Jeremiah. He knew that he was going to be a prophet for this nation to be able to tell them of this judgment that is coming. It's not like all of a sudden God was like, that's probably a good person. We should use him. No, he knew why he was there. And God knows why you are here. You were knit together in your mother's womb for a reason. You have a purpose. You have an objective in your life. And some of you guys are sitting here and saying, what is my purpose? I don't know. Look at the book of John with me. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. This is Jesus here. Your purpose is to bear fruit and glorify God. Some of you guys are like, yeah, that's kind of like a general thing. But that's your purpose. That is what you are supposed to go out and do, is to bear fruit and to abide in him, to glorify him, to point back to him. You all have a purpose. That is the purpose we are unified in with Christ. So we are here for a reason. Don't think that you are purposeless. Don't think that you don't have some sort of reason for being here. You do. So God gives Jeremiah a purpose. But then from that purpose God, that God brings before him, God wants to make sure that he knows what it is and what that looks like. And so that's why Jeremiah has a calling. So he is called to do something here. So we're going to look again in Jeremiah 1, starting in verse 6. 
says, Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. And the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. Jeremiah was young here. Now, we don't know his exact age, but what we can understand from what it looks like to view manhood at the time, he would have been a mid to late teenager. Maybe, maybe in his early 20s, but he was young. It's kind of interesting because uh, a lot of us are in, the, in this room are in that same phase, right? We're in a similar spot of what that looks like. And this calling, that's scary, He's got to go and tell the nation, the nation that he's a part of, he, this tribe that he came from, he's going to this new tribe and he's got to go and tell people about judgment that is coming from God. That's pretty scary. I mean, if Pastor Rick walked up to you and said, hey, uh, I need you to preach on Sunday, most of you guys would probably like poop your pants, right? Like you'd freak out. What, am I, what do you mean I got to teach on Sunday? I can't do that. That's not what I'm supposed to do. That's what Jeremiah is saying. He's got to stand up to his people and address this nation about judgment. Well, we're standing in a room, I'm standing in a room right now with a bunch of young people. Some would say youths, as the passage says. And I'm standing here, and I want you guys to understand that if you have purpose, which we established that you do, then you have calling. You are called to live out that purpose. Some of you guys are in this room and you're super confident in what you've been given. You're super confident in your calling. You know exactly what you want to do. You know exactly what you should be doing and you're ready to do it. And then there's others of you guys that are maybe a little bit more timid, a little bit more nervous about where your calling is. You don't really know what that looks like. I want to address both those camps real quick. I want to address people that maybe are a little bit more nervous or timid. That you might think you hear a calling. You might say, Ah, like, I feel like I'm not qualified to do that. I don't feel like I, I can do that. I don't feel like I have, like, what it takes. On one hand, it's to have a heart of humility to say that you can't do it yourself is not a bad thing. But on the other hand, to say, I'm not going to trust that God, what God has given me is enough, he will give you enough. Last, this last series that we talked about, we talked about sharing the gospel, telling others about the truth of what God has done for us. And we established that we should not fear going out and telling others about the gospel simply because we feel like we're unprepared. God is with us. We know the truth of the gospel that saved us first. You can be confident in the fact that you know the gospel. If you have received life, if you've received faith, then you can be confident in the gospel that gave you life. God will give you what you need. So if you're nervous, if you're scared to go out and to do your best to live for the sake of who God is and for the gospel, hear me when I say this, you can be confident not in your own ability, but in the ability of God and who he is. Now, 
I want to address real quick the people that are super confident in what they're calling us. Some would say overconfident. Uh, and I want to tell you guys right now, sometimes you might have to take a little bit of a chill pill, okay? Now, I'm not saying like, hey, don't be confident in what you're supposed to do. Be confident. That's good. God wants you to be ready to go out and to do what he's called you to do. But if Pastor Rick came up to you and said, hey, can you teach on Sunday? And your response was, yeah, I've been waiting for this moment. Where, where's this been? At? Like, I've wanted this to happen for a long time, you know? Like, oh, like, here's my notes and stuff. I don't need your notes. God's given me this, like, calling. That's usually not wise. And I'm telling you from experience that is definitely not wise. That we don't want to be so confident that we just push God out the window. To have a heart of humility and saying, I'm confident what God has called me to do, but I need him to give me the ability to do it. I need my energy, my power to come from him. That is important. That's what it looks like to lean into the calling that we've received. So calling is important. It's important to recognize that one, you are not responsible for what your calling is. God will establish that. He will point you in the right direction. And two, you're not alone in it. So some of you guys are sitting here asking like, well, that's all, that's all good stuff. Thanks for telling me that. But what is my calling? And uh, I wish I could tell you specifically what it is. I think some of you guys are gifted in many different ways. And what I want to encourage you is lean into that gifting. We have some people in this room that are very good at music. But for some reason, you're nervous about coming up to help us to lead worship on Tuesday nights. We would love you. We would love to give you that opportunity. There's some of you guys that are really good or at least interested in learning about tech. They would love the help back there. Ethan, I know, would be like, yeah, I could show you how to do that kind of thing. Please say something. Some of you guys are really good with numbers. I'm terrible with numbers. I took one math class in my undergrad. I got a D minus, and that was enough to pass, and then I never had to look at math again. Some of you guys are like, how'd you get a D minus in math? Uh, if you, yeah, exactly, yeah, thank you. Uh, if you're good at those things, then lean into that. Do accounting. Do something with numbers. You can have that calling. You can glorify God through that. If you feel that push, if you feel like you're supposed to go in that direction, and it is something that is in line with what God has called us to do, then do it. Calling is not something that I could point to each person in this room and tell you what your calling is supposed to be. That's not how it works. That is something for God to reveal and to show you. So we've talked a little bit about that. Jeremiah has shown that there's purpose, that he has had a calling. And lastly, Jeremiah is confident in the promises that were bestowed to him. And not only are promises bestowed to Jeremiah, but they're bestowed to all his people. So we're going to look at the end of chapter 1 here. It says, The word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying, What do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, Out of the north disaster shall be let loose upon all the inhabitants of the land. For behold, I am calling all the tribes of the kingdom of the north, declares the Lord. And they shall come, and every one shall set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem, against all its walls and all around, and against all the cities of Judah. And I will declare my judgment against them, for all their evil is forsaking me. They have made offerings to other gods and worshipped the works of their own hands. But you dress yourself for work. Arise and say to them everything that I command you. Do not be dismayed by them, lest I dismay you before them. 
And I, behold, I make you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar, and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of that land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. One thing that I could say about God and his promises is that God's promises hold true. God's promises hold true. He tells Jeremiah that he will, he will start with this judgment that's going to come from these other nations. And I'm going to tell you right now, that is true. But to Jeremiah at the time, it's like, well, why is God going to use enemy nations? Why is God going to use Babylon? The like epitome of bad nations. But when it comes to God's promises, when it comes to his judgment, he will not delay He will not wait for something to happen when that time arises, but he will do it. And up to this point, God has fulfilled his promises. Whether we see things with Jonah, we see things with Moses, we see things with David. We see these fulfillment of promises. And even now, getting to look at it, we see the Messiah fulfilled more promises. But at the time, why would Jeremiah think otherwise? God will go through with his promises. So, God will fulfill a promise of judgment, but he will also fulfill this promise of protection. Verse 19 says, They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. Just as God will deliver judgment, he will deliver Jeremiah. Just as God will, we will see people go to hell because they deserve it for their sin. Just because we will see people rip you apart. People will tear you down. People will push back against you. But I can tell you right now, faith in God and trusting in his promises, you can see that he will deliver you. Life will get hard. Things will get tough. But God's promises reign true. Whether that's about judgment or his protection, his deliverance. So, what is Jeremiah to do at this point? What he has to do is respond. And I think that's what we have to do as well. We are all called to do something. We all have a purpose. We're going to have a calling. And we are going to be able to go and follow along with these promises that God has put forward. And so, if you came in this room today and you feel like you don't have purpose, I'm going to say it again. You have purpose. Your reason for being here is to glorify God, to point to him, to show others who he is and what he has done for you. If you are 18 years old and you were struggling, you were fighting to figure out what am I supposed to do with the rest of my life, hear me now, you have purpose. If you are 25 years old and you're sitting in this room and you're saying, I still don't know what to do with my life, you have purpose. There is a reason that you are here. And so... Now, I want to address calling. Some of you guys are like in the career path that, you're, that you've wanted, you're excited about it. Some of you guys are in the career path of, I hate my job and I don't want to go to work tomorrow kind of thing. Some of you guys have no idea what you want to do. Some of you guys are just doing school. Whatever it is though, that calling can be good. Now hear me when I say this, you might be doing a job or you might be at least even doing something with your life because calling isn't restrictive to career. And you might be saying like, hey, I, like, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. I feel like it's pointless. Maybe that isn't what you're supposed to be doing. And maybe this is a moment of saying, God, what do you need me to do? What am I supposed to do right now? 
Am I supposed to stick it out in this job? Am I supposed to quit and find something else? Am I supposed to just try something new with my life? But whatever it is, we have to seek God and see what has he called us to do? What has he pushed us in the direction for? And if you're sitting there and saying, okay, I feel like I know what I'm doing, but I feel like I'm not being fulfilled. I feel like I'm not living up to my purpose. Maybe there's more to it. Maybe ministry is something you're eager to jump into. Maybe missions is something that you want to try, that going to give your life overseas so that you can fulfill this calling. Maybe it just comes down to serving. Serving is an amazing way to fulfill calling. Whether it's helping on Sunday mornings uh, and signing up and seeing, uh, leading worship with Gary, or maybe it's with youth. I can tell you right now, Johnny needs help with middle school. There's some middle school leaders in here that would say, yes, please come help us. Maybe you just want to go and say, maybe I am supposed to go and help lead these middle schoolers and help push them towards the gospel. Maybe you guys are like, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like I have any giftings or talents. It's, if, you, if that's how you're feeling, Shana would love to have you holding doors and just being a smiling face on Sunday mornings. There's plenty of pl- places that you can serve. If you're looking for a place to serve, go to the website, sign up. It's an awesome opportunity just to be able to click. I can tell you right now that if you send that in, many, all of our directors would have, be like, yes, please, we need help. We need as much help as we can. Some of you guys maybe are new to Redemption Chapel or next. Uh, One, I'm glad you're here. And two, maybe you're saying, I'm not sure if I'm ready to commit to coming on Sundays or like if this is the place where I'm supposed to be. This is a great place to start. We have plenty of places here at Next that we would love your help serving, whether it's with tech, whether it's with coffee bar, social media. We have other places as well. Serve here at Next on Tuesday nights. Scan scan the QR code and you guys can sign up for a place. Me or Rose will reach out to you and we'll figure out what's the best place for you to serve. And so what we're standing here and saying as I wrap this up is I want you guys to fulfill your calling. Whatever it is, go and serve. Try some new things. Serve at Redemption Chapel. Serve at Next. And I know I'm standing here as a young adult like you guys and saying, yeah, I would love to do that. And then you guys are going to leave after small groups tonight and you're going to say, I'll sign up for that later. And then you don't sign up for it at all. And I want to challenge you right now to do it. Stephen Smith, uh, who's talking about Jeremiah, he says this, perhaps God calls the young because they are just, they are just wise enough to obey. Jeremiah is in the position of simple obedience. So when we think about this passage, what should our response be? Simple obedience. Just following what God has called us to do. Just signing up to help cut donuts on a Sunday morning. Just taking that risk of saying, hey, I want to learn how to do tech. Maybe it means looking into what it looks like to serve in our communities or maybe even to find a mission trip. Jump in on one of our mission trips that's coming up as a church. But our calling and what we're supposed to do is to go and tell others the truth of the gospel and glorify God while we do it. And so our response, all it has to be is simple obedience. You're in a place right now that is, it is easier to serve now than it probably ever will be in the future. So take advantage of that. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to jump into some small groups. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for everybody that's sitting in this room. Um, 
Lord, whatever it looks like for us to go and to strive after you, to seek after you, and to ultimately find you in our, in our calling, Lord, help us to establish what that is. Give us the patience and the perseverance to go and to wait on you to see if this is something that you want to reveal to us or if it's something that maybe is before us right now. And give us the courage and the heart to try new things, to be able to go and to seek first your kingdom and all that we do. And ultimately, the reason we get to do this is because of your son and his work on the cross. In name I pray, amen.